Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. Today I'm going to be talking about the utterly uninteresting and unadventurous tales of Fred, the vampire accountant. So let's audit it. I'm probably going to shorten that title just down to uh, the tales of Fred, the vampire accountant, because it's a mouthful to say, but this was such a fun, such a great book. It had me laughing from start to finish. I thought the world was built wonderfully and it just kind of expands upon itself. Um, the style of this book is a little different than most books where it is five short stories that are all you know, combined into one book and the amount of time varies between each short story. So in the first one you're going about a week, a week, two weeks, sometimes a little more it will. But let's uh, let's just get started. Our main character Oh, this is going to be spoilery. Sorry. I know we're getting into the spoiler quick, but there's not much else to say aside from the fact that it's about Fred, who gets turned into a vampire and remains an accountant. So let's talk a little bit more about it. Uh, Fred is, was an accountant, and then he got turned into a vampire and just kind of woke up one day, realized he'd been killed and turned into a vampire. And instead of going crazy, he was a very shy guy, just decided, hey, I'm just going to keep being an accountant and you know he figured out a way to get some blood from a doctor that he did some shady book work for so it's all good there and of course it starts off where he is going to his high school he's getting ready to go to his high school reunion that he's decided he will attend and you know you could really feel like the emphasis of like oh yeah it's like a boring sad life he doesn't do much or do anything so funny though he gets to the party he feels the same way he did in high school Nobody pays attention, he doesn't really know anybody, he doesn't care, uh, but he does meet Crystal, who he used to know, and they've both changed a lot, and it's funny. So, of course, while he's at his high school reunion, this can't, everything can't go right, and so there are some werewolves that have come to the, his high school reunion, they're tired of lying low, and they're gonna just kill everybody and eat everybody. Turns out that Crystal works for an agency and that's all we ever that's its name that's all we ever get to call it but works for an agency and you know one of her jobs is taking down things like this happenstance so they work together they're able to save everybody at the high school reunion while fred thinks he's being really sneaky and you know oh nobody would see me do this and it's just so funny uh later on they go out and they're meeting afterwards and Crystal's like, so, uh, you know, how long you been dead? How, how long you been a vampire? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just a poor, socially awkward accountant like I've always been. And she's like, yeah, I, I know like that you did this and you climbed this wall without making any noise and nobody's that tough. And he's like, okay, like you caught me, but like, I'm not a bad vampire, like, don't kill me. And she's like, well, you know, that's not what agents do. We don't just go around killing everybody, but we, you know, have to make sure you're following the right rules. So they agree to go on another date, and that's kind of the end of that story. So great. So our next, the next two part of the story is, it's the night of their date. Crystal shows up and says, hey, we're going for a surprise. Um, you know, where are we going? Let's see. And where does she take him? She takes him to a LARPing convention. Uh, for those of you who don't know, LARP or live action role play, where people pretend to be things they're not, play a game, have a backstory and everything. And this is super funny. She's like, we just have to be here for a little bit and then we can duck out. But 
kind of as my agent, there's been some talk of a figure skulking around. We got to just do a little check, but we'll have fun. And she knows that he has a tough time lying. So she actually registers him as a vampire. Uh, so funny. Uh, so funny. So they are going through this and he's like so confused trying to figure out, you know, what he's actually supposed to be doing. And it turns out that the head of the LARPing convention, uh, a young man by the name of Neil, is actually a real life necromancer and is going to sacrifice a bunch of people in the LARP to gain more power. Uh, here we also meet Albert, the zombie, who was Neil's best friend growing up and Albert died Neil had to bring him back and he did so he's Neil is trying to getting ready to sacrifice everybody Fred included and uh, Crystal comes and gives him a taser and takes him out of the fight and you know arrests him but they, they don't arrest him for you know getting ready to perform a ritual and kill a bunch of people he's arrested for practicing magic without a license which was super funny and he goes and he gets put under another teacher, under another mage who is a teacher. And they go out and have a, a fun rest of the date. And Fred actually hires Albert to help him with his accounting because he needed somebody to help him with this transition and can't go out in the day and Albert can. Super funny though. Just the whole story, the whole LARPing experience. Oh my gosh. Laughing out loud. So our next story uh, as I said, there's there's five in each book, and this will be our third, and we have two more, is about Dracolings, which are kind of like lesser, lesser dragons. They love greed, they love gold, they love making bets and deals. I hope you can see where I'm going with this one. That's right, we're going to Vegas, and Crystal has been called to Vegas for, for to help a friend who is in debt to these Dracolings, and we get there and we meet Bubba, who is a a Weirsteed or a Therian, is how they're what they're called as the general species name in this. And Crystal challenges the the Dracolings for the debt, and then she loses and has to become their slave as well. And because Crystal is a girl, when she challenges, they play chess, and she lost. And when Fred challenges for Crystal, he has to win a joust. And if you didn't guess it, Fred and jousting, very different ends of the scale. Uh, I hope you can see where this is going, but uh, just it was hilarious. So they're trying to come up with a plan. How can we best, you know, this knight who's got tons of practice and like they don't take a bet that they don't think they can win. And honestly, looking at it, Fred's not the best for physical things. So they go in, right, and they're trying their best uh, using... Bubba the Weirsteed, who is a pony, and a small pony at that, to uh, try and win this joust, and it's not going well for him. And then the last time, he takes off his armor, and he's like, okay, I've come up with this crazy, crazy plan. We're going to try something different. So he rides on Bubba's back, like a like, kind of like a surfer standing up, and he avoids the lance, and then he swings his lance, not as you would a lance, but swings it like a baseball bat, and smashes the other knight right off the tape, right off the horse, and he ends up winning the bet. Uh, just hilarious. Had me laughing out loud. And of course, they bring Bubba back with them to live in their small little town of Winslow, Colorado. Uh, super funny. Just hilarious. Again, the settings, the stories, the way they're told never makes you feel like they're being rushed or pushed or that they are unrealistic in this kind of unrealistic fantasy world that we're seeing uh, just hilarious so 
<laughs> Another thing that we uh, start learning is that the vampires kind of, all the mythical creatures have their own rules and, you know, tax laws and things like that. And the way they are stored is they are stored in a very boring and dull Dungeons and Dragons style manual that, you know, supposedly there's always that rumor. There's there's that one person, there's a couple people who really love that system, but it's actually just how they keep all their laws out in the open. Uh, super funny. So the next story, fourth out of fifth, is uh, I call it the missing mentor where Neil shows up at Fred, Fred's house and he says, hey, you know, I went to my lab. I don't like you, but I, I went to my lab and everything's been knocked around and messed up. And my teacher, Amy, is completely gone. And, you know, I can't do anything because he's uh, been locked. So he has to be within a certain distance of his mentor before he can actually do any magic. He's like, I'm worried about her. And so Fred's like, well, I don't Jeez, I don't know what I could do. Let me call in some help and calls Bubba over. And they, Bubba's like, okay, I know somebody who can help, but, you know, we're just going to try. So they go and they meet Richard, who is the head of the Therian society, kind of in this area of Wizlow, and a little bit more, I would say. And he is a were-lion, so incredibly powerful. And they present their case. He turns them down. And then it, they turn, They mention that it's uh, for Amy, who is Neil's teacher that's missing. And Richard's like, ah, well, you should have mentioned that it was Amy, because I have a vested interest in keeping Amy alive and happy and working good, because I host Gideon. The King of the Dragons, not King of the Dragons, King of the West, who happens to be a dragon. And that's bad, you know, that would he likes her, so he has to try and keep her alive. So they, they go searching all over town. They find, you know, one issue after another. And at the end of the night, it just turns out that Amy got super, super high. Because she was trying working on something to affect Gideon, the King of the West, as a dragon. And so it has to be a very, very potent drug in order for it to affect him. Uh, just hilarious that every, you know, everybody thought she was kidnapped or in danger. And she just was really high and out doing magic and not thinking of the consequences. And true to form, she did get the munchies when they caught up to her. Uh, just hilarious. So funny. I just loved it. Um, the fifth one. It's called A Monster in the Pews, and this one actually gets a little bit more serious. There's still some funny parts to it, but I like that these stories, that while they're funny, they're not like you have to laugh every second. You know, they're not like telling jokes every second, but they just the way they play out is just funny. Uh, so in The Monster in the Pews, Quinn, Fred's vampire father, has come back and seen that Fred did not go on a murderous rampage, did not kill a bunch of people, and is not excited about it. And so Fred, uh, sorry, excuse me, Quinn kidnaps Fred's girlfriend, Crystal, of course. By this time, they've kind of progressed and takes her to the church and says, hey, come get me if you really will, you know, come at midnight. And Fred's like, well, I guess we got to go. And they kind of get the crew. They get Bubba, Neil, Amy, Albert, and they all start trying to brainstorm away. And at this time, we it's interesting when he switches perspectives because this is all kind of written from Fred's hand is the way it is, kind of like a journal writing or like a letter. And so when he switches, he always puts at the top. And now I'm going to give you, like, turn the page over to Crystal, who was doing this at this time. And since we weren't together, I don't know what happened, so I'll let her tell you. And, and then it comes back and it switches and it says the same thing just backwards where it's saying, now I, Fred, am writing it again. Uh, just a little bit funny, but... uh. 
interesting way to go about it. So Crystal, on her point of view, is like, okay, well, I flash the signal to Ted, to Fred to not try and come at me, come get me at midnight, then I'll come back. I've got this handled. You know, I'm an agent. And on Fred's side, he's like, okay, we got to go get her. She didn't know that this was going to happen. Like, not that we don't trust her to be able to handle herself, but we don't want her to, like, get in trouble. And so they all go after her. And Quinn has revealed his plan to Crystal that he'll use a spell to boost himself and then he'll go crazy and he'll end up killing Crystal and feel really bad. And then he'll go on his murderous rampage that Quinn wants him to, which was just a bad plan in my idea. Like, if he'd have taken 10 seconds to get to know Fred or, like, follow Fred at all, you would have figured out that Fred's not that kind of guy. So they get there, they stop Quinn, and then they're kind of celebrating at the end. And it turns out that Quinn was not quite dead and kills Crystal, you know, rips her throat out. And now this this part actually surprised me. I didn't expect it. Um, we kind of have known throughout the story that Crystal has more to her than you would seem, that she's got some kind of special power or ability that allows her to be this you know, mythical agent of the agency to do power, to stop problems when they arise. But we have really no knowledge of what it is at this point and well we find out that when she dies she actually has a devil inside of her and if she wants she can kind of pull it out or if she dies then the devil will fix her and she gains a power boost she gets the claws the, the anger and she rips off Quinn's arm and is like oh I told you I was gonna beat you to death with your own arm unfortunately Quinn escapes but yeah just just good she calms down. She's like, why didn't you just stay home? Like, I told you I could handle this. And he's like, I didn't know what those blinks were. Like, how's I supposed to know that you were, like, blinking to, like, stay home and, like, not worry? Like, of course I'm going to worry. You're, like, the first girlfriend I've ever had. Like, it was just nice and, you know, cozy and funny. And that that's the end of this book. The utterly uninteresting and unadventurous tales of Fred the Vampire Accountant. Now, if you think to yourself, man, that wasn't very unadventurous... Well, just trust me, when you read it, you do get the sense that he is uninteresting and unadventurous in the beginning, and that all these things happen to him more by chance than by design. So, if you have the chance, these are quick, fun, so fun reads. They are impressive. I really enjoy reading Drew Hayes as an author. I think these are good for what they are. You can somewhat find some good morals in them if you really look, but just on the fun side, a good read and a good story. I highly recommend it. That's going to probably wrap up my discussion about the Tales of Fred the Vampire count number one. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. If you want to like and review wherever you listen at, that would be very helpful and much appreciated. I hope you guys have a great day, and always remember to audit the magic of books. (laughs) 